Welcome back to another episode of Locked On Chiefs. I am Chris Clark, and as you can see with me, I have Seth Kaiser uh, from Chief in the North uh, newsletter, as well as the Athletic Podcast. And we are going to talk about this Chiefs team and this game this past week, which on Sunday night, which didn't go very well for Chiefs fans. A lot to talk about, and we just need to get into it. From the land of the free and the home of the Chiefs, this is the Locked On Chiefs podcast. Thank you for making Locked On Chiefs your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. And as you see, I have Seth Kaiser from The Athletic and from his Chief of the North newsletter. Seth, how are you doing? I'm doing well, man. It's good to talk to you again. It feels like it's been a minute. Oh, it's been a long time, and I wish we were talking under better circumstances. Yeah, no, that was rough. That was uh, it, it was just such a bad game. That was it was a throwback to. I was trying to remember the last regular season game that was that bad, and I think you'd have to go back to. I mean, the 2017 season um, when they lost to the Giants, like yeah. for such like a like such a gut punch. Like, come on, are you kidding me? Type feeling. Um, no, it was just rough from top to bottom. Um, we were recording times ours earlier, and Nate and Josh and I were trying to discern who had a good game. And we were like, ah, the interior offensive line did all right. Rashad Fenton played well. And we were pretty much out at that point. I mean, Mahomes played subpar. And not just subpar for him like he normally does, but like he would, I'd probably play, peg him for as a below-average day for pretty much any quarterback. Um, which is weird because he missed doesn't a do ton that. Of throws. Missed a ton of throws. Yeah, um, I'm curious what my charting shows later. I, I'm guessing I'd be stunned if he didn't have the highest percentage of inaccurate passes that I've ever charted him having. Um, which is weird because he's been crazy accurate this season. Um, but yeah, it was just gross, man. I mean, there was so much bad that stood out, um, and it really, it really went about all in such a way to kind of alter my expectations for the team moving forward. Not necessarily that I don't think they can compete for the Super Bowl. They, they can. Um, the talent's there. But in terms of whether or not it's likely and in terms of what my expectations are, I think kind of a bubble got burst there. You know, you kept waiting for the other shoe to drop, and it just never happened. Um, and so that's actually the first thing I wrote about was kind of rather than analyzing the game, was just kind of thinking about how it's felt maybe ever since the Super Bowl that they won you know, the last 600 plus days, you're always kind of waiting, even with the, the Super Bowl against Tampa Bay for as terrible as that was, it wasn't until there were like six or seven minutes left. I was like, wow, they're not going to do this. Yeah. And it surprised me. And, and that's kind of something that they've continuously had for the past couple for this season and for last season. I will agree with you. I, I was expecting them to make some kind of comeback and with maybe a couple of different penalties that were called or not called, I think maybe they had an opportunity to do it, but you still can't bet on that type of thing. So, uh, you know, you would hope that penalties aren't don't become a big part of the game, but obviously they were in that one. Uh, but really quick, I just want to get into, we did find out Clyde Edwards-Alaire has an MCL sprain. He's probably going to be out a month at least would be my guess. Uh, could be two, could be four weeks, but I would guess it's going to be closer to a month. Uh, and we also found out that Joe Tooney fractured his hand in I think the first series and played the entire game. Yeah, offensive linemen are built different. I mean, I'm, guessing, I'm guessing they'll give him some kind of club and he'll probably keep playing. 
Um, but you know, that definitely affects things in terms of hand fighting and that kind of stuff. People like to think, Oh, cool. A club that'll help. It's like, well, not really. I mean, your hands are an incredibly important part of what you're doing, but uh, yep. And hopefully he doesn't miss time because the interior line has been a bright spot this season. Um, I didn't expect them to be this good this fast. And so that's been awesome. I mean, to be fair, they're not always using that line to the best of its skill set. but you know, I perhaps digress Unless you're ready to hear me go on a full rant about, you know, running power versus outside zone over, over, well, over. Let's wait until after the commercial break because I want to actually get into that just a little bit because I think there is a lot to talk about when we talk about the running style that this team has been using and the players that they have. So let's talk about that here when, once we get back from this. We are back and better than ever. All eyes are on the gridiron as teams are back on for another football season. As always, Bet Online is your number one spot for pro and college football action this season. With the new updated site and interface, even more odds, props, and contests, Bet Online continues to be the number one source for everything football. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Don't forget to use promo code LOCKED ON to receive your bonus. From football to basketball to boxing, all to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers for the 2021 season. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports. Bet online where the game starts. All right, so you started something right before the break. Let's go ahead and dive into that because I think that's a great segue into what is really going wrong with this team. Sure, and it's just an example of one thing. You know, the run game shouldn't be a primary thing for the Chiefs. Um, however, when you've got a team that's playing too high, um, especially too high zone, um, which means you're going to have guys, generally speaking, backing off a little bit at the snap um, and light boxes. One way to beat that, like what they did against the Eagles. It's, and that was, it was a frustrating thing just on a side note, listening to the, to the, to the commentators talking about, Oh, you know, what the bills are doing. It's this great game plan. And it's like, well, it's, it's nothing the Eagles weren't doing. And they were able to slice that up. Yeah. You, you, you play it. It's a, it's cover two zone. This is not like no one's, like high schools around the country are running some of this stuff now. Is the right. NFL doing a better job disguising it? Absolutely. But it's not like, I mean, you know, like that pass to Hardman down the sideline. It's like that's where one of the pockets is against cover two. I don't know why we didn't see more shots there. I, I it, it, it baffles me. There are holes in that defense, and they just weren't running guys there. I, it was It was frustrating. Another thing that's frustrating for me, and I, I referenced it, you've got a line that's built to run power. They showed against the Eagles. They bullied Fletcher Cox, bullied him. And that's hard to do. Um, and obviously it was mostly with double teams because otherwise you're not going to bully Fletcher Cox. Right. But they showed the ability to just explode out and execute these double teams and get movement and combo blocks climbing to the second level. These guys can get that movement with just power straight ahead. You know, you pull guys here and there, you pull the tight ends here and there, which actually takes advantage of the way that Kelsey blocks best, the way that Blake Bell blocks best, Joe Quartz and all of them. But instead, they keep they 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 went right from that, which they did largely against the Eagles and was successful, to right back to to running these outside zone looks where you're trying to get to the sideline first. That works awesome with Jamal Charles, not as well with Clyde Edwards-Alaire. That's not his game. Well, He's but it's also quick. not the game of the linemen that can't get to the sidelines. Absolutely, and so even if it were Edwards-Alaire's game, it doesn't take take advantage of what your linemen do best, and it also doesn't take advantage of the fact that defenses are trying to get vertical against the Chiefs. They're trying to get upfield. And so when you're running these, these runs to the sideline, they're already moving up towards you. 
Whereas you just blow straight forward, you can maybe take advantage of some of those attempts to get penetration. I don't understand it. And, and again, I always talk about when I talk about what coaches are doing, it's always with the caveat. They know so much more than I do. They see so much more than I do, but you see certain things that are just obvious misses that it at least leads to wondering what the self scouting process is like right now, because you see certain things like they're still running a lot of outside zone, a lot more than they should. Right. Um, You see them running route combinations that just don't look like cover two beaters to me. Um, And and that, that, that's, odd they're trying to stick to the what they're used to doing and not i don't know adapting i guess to what they're seeing on defense and i do think that's a huge problem uh and they're also doing it on the defensive side that's an even bigger problem and you know defensively it's kind of interesting because defensively you see weird weird decisions being made too josh allen was clearly bothered by blitzes and pressure um it's when the defense found some success but yet in the fourth quarter they started to back off again um, and I don't know if they were afraid of some of these quick throws and the bills were obviously trying that right. Qu- immediate panic mm-hmm. throws to the, to the perimeter. Although you still, I mean, on, on that last drive that kind of iced the game, Sorensen was in position, missed the tackle. What are you going to do? Um, replace him, but well, I mean. yeah, that, that, that conversation doesn't even seem like it's in the works and that's, what's fascinating. And it, should be. it should it, be, it should be because he is. Yeah, he is one of the players that you've counted on for years. And I like Daniel Sorensen. I've been critical of him at times, but I like what he's brought to the team for the past several years. But this season, he is not where he's supposed to be most of the time. And when he's hitting a player, you know, close to the line of scrimmage, he's generally not bringing them down. The two things that you could really count on him for, he's not doing this season. And that is really costing this defense. Right. The the advantage with him is supposed to be having a veteran who knows where he's supposed to be, who wraps up strong, plays physical. And he's provided that in the past in a limited role. Now, he never belonged on the field with 100% of the snaps. But now he's sure. he's he's heading in the wrong direction more often than he ought to be. Uh, it, it's just weird errors. You know, giving up on a play. You practice against Mahomes every day. Like, what makes you think Josh Allen's not going to roll out and hit Knox deep? Like, that that, that blew my mind. And that's where you're, you're seeing these things. And that's just one player. There's a lot bigger problems than just that. But, oh, absolutely. I think, but I think like you combine that. There's a lot bigger problems than them running outside zone too many times. But those things are examples of what appears to be some kind of underlying issue where they genuinely don't seem to be self-scouting certain things very well. You, and, an example of this, and I'm going to probably tick off some of your listeners here, and I apologize in advance. <laughs> Anthony Bring Hitchens, it. I'd be curious if you if you were to talk to the Chiefs Brain Trust, what they think of the decision to pay him high-end starter. Not quite star money, but close. When that contract mm-hmm. first came out, it was close to star money. Yeah, it was. In fact, it, it really was star money. Now at this point, it's high-end starter money. Very high-end. Not quite star money anymore, and that's because there's been a few huge contracts signed, right? Um, I'm curious what they think of that decision. Because from the way they deploy him – and their effort to apparently replicate him in Nick Bolton, it feels like they would say, oh, yeah, it's been a success. And I feel like everyone else is looking at this saying, has it been? And it seems as though there's just not self-scouting going on in terms of, wow, that sideline to sideline speed thing has been tough. And now they've had linebackers playing worse than Hitchens. Don't get me wrong. But it's interesting to me that they would go out and use a second round pick on a guy that has similar 
fundamental weaknesses to his game in terms of sideline to sideline speed and lack of fluidity in space. You've seen the problems with that, but yet you're kind of doubling down on that for your future. And yet, okay, well, we got Willie Gay to do all that. You know what's better than one fast linebacker? Two of them. Right. And, and they're going to have to be looking at that next year because they've got to replace a guy like Neiman who is slow also. So that's where they've really been hurting this year. Willie Gay getting back on the field helped, but having Bolton and Hitchens and Neiman on the field at the same time, you just have no speed at the linebacker position, and you're going to suffer because of it. And maybe that's why they think outside zone is like so killer because it is against them because they can't get there. Right. And and look, when Anthony Hitchens is able to work downhill, he does a great job. But there's there's general limitations. And so those are those are like just examples. Right. And when you start taking them off and maybe one by one, it sounds like nitpicking and you can explain away every decision. You can explain away the route combinations. You can explain away running outside zone. You can explain away maybe some of the decisions with the linebackers. You can explain away Dan Sorensen being on the field still. But when you when you add them all up, it, you, you have to ask yourself, you know, any team that you follow closely, you're going to see mistakes. And that's going to happen. You know, that's part of what we do. That's one reason why we overrate players and underrate them and blow problems out of proportion. Because ultimately, it's just one game. Watch the Chiefs win 10 in a row or something, and we're all feeling pretty silly. But well, that hope. doesn't change the process. And that's, I think, where my concern is, is that – it seems as though they're not identifying the problem because you're not necessarily seeing the things that make sense to fix it being done. And that's why it would be so interesting to, to hear the chief's comment on some of the things they've done that they seem to view as successes and good things, but look more to me like problem areas. And that's where it's going to be tough moving forward. And that's why one of the things I wrote about was kind of losing that, that aura the chiefs have still, even after losing to the to the Ravens, losing the Chargers, those games were weird, right? You got a turnover mm-hmm. at the end, or you lose the turnover about four to nothing. But losing like this is just not something we've come to expect. Oh, the Super Bowl. Well, they had no offensive line. Guys dropped touchdowns from Mahomes, you know, all this stuff. To watch them become genuinely mortal, it really kind of took something, you know, that feeling that it was always going to work out. And now I feel like I'm back to the same feeling that you had pre-Super Bowl, where you're just kind of waiting for the other shoe to drop or the expectation has changed. Yep, no, but I can't disagree with you on that. I do think that one of the things that Kansas City is going to be looking at is are there parts that they have in different spots, specifically speaking, more defensively than offensively. I think their offense will be fine. I think they can make some adjustments and get to where they need to be there. I think their offense is still good enough. But do they have the right parts on defense? They have so much money in the defensive area when it comes to the cap, that's a big problem. So when we get back, I do want to talk about that a little bit more. Where do you, I want to talk a little bit more about where you see them really having issues. I know we've kind of discussed linebacker a little bit, but I want to also get into the corners and the safeties and honestly, as well, the defensive line. Now we start talking about parts, save time and money. You need to save time and money. Go use rock auto. Why choose to spend 30 to 50%, maybe even 100% more for the same parts from a chain store or a car dealership? Rock Auto is a family business serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years. Rock Auto prices are reliably low for every customer. They have everything you could need, brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Go explore their easy-to-use website today to find the solution for your auto parts needs. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Right locked on in there, how did you hear about us box so they know that we sent you? 
Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. RockAuto.com. Now, we talked a little bit before the break about the different parts that this Chiefs defense is missing. Obviously, we've already talked about the linebackers. Uh, they have to replace Neiman for next year. There's no way they can go into next year with the lack of speed that they have at that position right now. And I think Hitchens is probably gone. Uh, but then you start looking at even the defensive line. Without Chris Jones, no pressure. And Frank Clark was back, but he didn't really seem to be doing much until the end of the game. When I think I just saw that um, the that he was credited with five pressures, which – that's not a great game. It's not a terrible game. Um, I actually saw early in the game, he got some pressure with an actual bull rush. First time I'd seen it in a couple of years. And I remember seeing that thinking, whoa, well, that's interesting. You know, let's see kind of where that goes. But um, they, 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 like you said, they have questions across the board on the defensive side of the ball, including places where they've invested heavy resources. And that's where it becomes a bit of the question mark. And you wonder to yourself, what is, you know, what's the plan moving forward? Like what, how do you pull yourself out of it? If you're the one that kind of got yourself into this mess. And so that's where I keep coming back to some of these defensive contracts and, you know, Clark's next year's that's a, they can, that's the year that they can kind of cut them loose if they want to Anthony Hitchens, same thing. And those are two huge ones. Um, in terms of money saved, I think you combine the two of them. I think you're you're hitting like 21, 22 mil next year, give or take. Maybe it's just 20. But that's a lot of money in one year. And then obviously that's just, you know, the front-loaded side of things. You get yourself loose from the year after as well as the salary cap expands. And I'm not too worried about the cap. Um, they, they have flexibility. The NFL is making money hand over fist this year. That's just going to be good for everyone. Yeah, no, it will be. The big question I have is going into next year, you start looking at other positions you're going to need. Tyron Matthew is not signed past this season, uh, and we already know Tyree Kill is going to be a free agent as well, so you have two huge free agents that this team can't afford to lose. I expect both of those guys to be back, but that's going to eat up a lot of your cap space so you could save from cutting a guy like Clark and cutting a guy like Anthony Hitchens. And that doesn't even get you into the thought process of what are you going to do at corner because Shavarius Ward is going to be a free agent as well. Sure. And I, I honestly, the, the cap stuff, it just genuinely doesn't bother me that much. It never has. Um, I, I, in this, I'm very well aware. And it's one of those situations where, you know, the, the amount of money, like where they, they get the money from like for future Hill and Matthew contracts, let's say they extend them this off season. Um, you know, probably more likely, you know, if they're going to extend Matthew, it'll be this year during the offseason, then they'll extend Hill before the season or during next offseason, right? But the big money for those is going to come two or three years down the road, right? And then it's always this ball rolling forward. And every now and then you hit a year where things get real tight and then you got to figure out what to do. You know, is it guys that you really like? So you restructure them and extend them and kick the can back down the road, or do you cut them loose and get the money one year, and then the next year you're good again, right? That's generally speaking how it goes. The problem for the Chiefs isn't that they spent money or that they're at the limit of the cap. The problem for them is that some of the big swings they've taken cap-wise haven't worked out. You can pay a middle linebacker $10 million a year, but he's got to be really good. He's got to produce. Um, and the, the example that I gave... Uh, earlier on times ours was imagine 
the Chiefs gave up the exact same that they did for Frank Clark. They signed the exact same contract, you know, still probably maybe too much, you know, on one player, who knows, whatever, right? But instead of Frank Clark, it was Chandler Jones. And he produced similarly because that's what the Chiefs were paying for, right? They thought that Clark was going to come to Kansas City and dominate. They thought he was going to be a Chandler Jones, Colomac type player. And he hasn't been, you know, TJ Watt, Nick Bosa. Imagine if it was any of those guys, right? I only use Chandler Jones because he kind of hit that kind of availability around the same time or maybe a year. Makes sense. So, well, I was due. And so the the thing of it isn't that they took big swings or that they used up all their cap space. It's that they've done it. Some of their big swings have been on guys that by and large haven't moved the needle as much. You know, Sammy Watkins added some things schematically, and that's important, but – Overall, he didn't produce at a rate commensurate to what his his cap hit was. Well, mainly because he couldn't stay he couldn't stay healthy. But exactly, had, and had he stayed healthy, that probably would be a very different thing. But it's just it, it's a tough thing, and you you lower your margin of error significantly. You could have a team. Soren and I always talk about this, where you end up with you know in terms of contract, you have stars and you have jags, right? You can have a team like that. But your stars, most of them got to play like stars. And on the defense right now, they're not getting that. Yep. And you got hit on those big contracts. And that's just it. And so that's where, for me, the question becomes, I think you need to reset and overhaul. But, man, it's tough to, it's tough to do that when the people that you're asking to do the overhaul, because I don't think Brett Veach's job is necessarily in any sort of danger after five games, after, you know, three years of wild success, but you've got to sit there and self-evaluate and say, how did we miss on some of these guys that were paying to be stars and aren't playing like it? And that's something that's got to get figured out. And, and I don't know how they're going to do it necessarily, but that's that's going to be beyond this season because this season they've got the roster to compete. It's just going to be tough because the AFC got a lot better this year. Yep. Um, and they had to they had to go compete with Kansas City, and now Kansas City is going to be having to play catch up. The problem is, is and you kind of talked about this. You know, we talked about Tyreek Hill, we talked about Tyre Matthew. There's another guy that's going to need to get paid, and he's going to have to get paid a lot of money if he's going to stay in Kansas City, and that's going to be Orlando Brown Jr. That's going to be a huge contract as well. So. You know, you're looking at a whole bunch of different guys that you're going to need to get. You're going to still need another corner. The question is, is Josh Gordon going to continue and, you know, be a good fit as the wide receiver too in Kansas City? You have a lot of needs going into the next couple of seasons, and you just don't have the money right now because you, you're right. They've made bad moves at this point. The yes. nice, I, Sorry, last thing. The only thing that I do say that I think is good for them is they're in a situation where I think offensively, when you look at their offensive line, they've got four starters that I think are going to be here for a long time. Mm -hmm. The only one that I'm not listing there is Orlando Brown Jr., who I still expect to be here, but he's the one that doesn't have the long-term contract right now. Right. And he's, I'm I'm assuming he's the guy they'll franchise tag after this year if they don't have a deal in place. Um, It would be interesting if they tried to negotiate a contract with him right now, what that would look like, because right now he can't, argue for Trent Williams money or anything remotely close to it because he's not playing at that level. Um, Had they, and maybe that's one reason, you know, a lot of people criticize the fact that the chiefs didn't sign him to a new deal at the time of the trade. I'm curious if he plays the rest of the year playing decently, but not great, which is kind of where he's been at. He struggled last night. Um, Mm -hmm. Had some really bad snaps. 
it might be interesting to see what kind of deal they get him on if they get him on that lower tier tackle. I mean, I get why they made the move. I really do. But that that's going to be an interesting thing to see moving forward. And them not signing him to a contract right away might end up saving them a little money, which is almost never true, right? You almost always end up paying more and more and more. Uh, I'm curious what this team would look like right now had they managed to land Williams like they wanted to. Um, that would be hilarious uh, because the line has been so unbelievably good in a lot of ways, uh, especially along the interior. But they, they do have things because Brown is a guy that will need a contract. Hill is a foundational player. Um, Matthew's a guy they want around. And those are three deals that you really have to get done. Yep. And that doesn't even take into account not having a pass rush. And that's the problem is you're trying in the meantime to rotate in other areas. And so they're, they're just going to have to make a decision to allocate some stuff in terms of funds. And because the salary cap, I always joke, ah, the salary cap's fake. What I mean by that, it's incredibly flexible. And you can do what you want most of the time, the vast majority of the time. It just comes with a price down the road that you may or may not pay. Whether or not you pay it depends on how well the guy plays. Because no one cares how much they're paying Mahomes. There are going to be some people that are going to get there. They go, oh, look. Because you already hear people this year when he cost them $7 million, You hear people saying, wow, yeah, clearly they can't build a team around Mahomes because the cap hits. Like, that's not what's happening. Yeah. But those are people that are just determined to be right about the salary cap. They're not really looking at it. They can do stuff, but they can't. Like, when they, when they let go of Hitchens and Clark, which I assume they're going to do, Right. And they take a few other cost cutting measures. And, you know, let's say next year signing Tyreek Hill to an extension, that'll save them money in 2022. Right. Yeah. And then, you know, you kick it forward, you let the cap do its thing. I mean, we've seen it before. There's a reason the salary cap was never really a problem until last year or until this year, because you had the stagnancy. Had that not happened, the cap would have risen another 15 million this year. And we'd be, you know, they they would have been a very different ball game, right? Well, it's it's likely to blow up too, so that's mm-hmm. going to also play into things. Absolutely. So the the key is they can't whiff on a couple of key pieces again. You can't whiff on your cornerstones. You can whiff on a lot of areas, but the cornerstones you can get one where it's like you get average instead of great, but you can't really get many more than that. Right. Especially on defense where it's always about a sum of the parts. Um, They need the next guy they bring in to, and they will, because Spags, assuming he's still around, I think he will be. um, He's still going to want to build his defense from the pass rush back. What they need is the next guy to be that guy. And then, you know, how do you get him? How do you, how do you get that level of player without trading away more first round picks and making everyone just freak out? So, I'm curious what they do moving forward. As far as this year goes, they're still a contender. I fully expect them to right the ship. I don't blame Chiefs fans for hitting the panic button. I have to an extent in only that my expectations are lower. I expected them to win the Super Bowl. Now I hope they do and think they can, but I don't expect it. Well, I, And I think my expectations have come down to just hoping that they make the playoffs. I mean, I think that they still have the ability to play in the Super Bowl, but with the way their defense is playing, there's no way they make it to the Super Bowl if their defense can't get their act together, and that's the big key. Right. You can't be historically awful on defense and win the Super Bowl. Yep. Especially considering the teams are taking away what Mahomes 
was so good at the past couple of seasons. So, Seth, thank you for coming on. Really do appreciate it. You want to tell the people where they can find you? Uh, sure, yeah. You can uh, find find my work at The uh, at the Athletic. Um, you can find me on Twitter, at RealMNChiefsFan. And you can find my uh, my newsletter, The Chief of the North, the, my Substack, whatever you want to call it, I guess. Um, the easiest one to remember is bit.ly slash Seth Really Hates Money. Uh, that's what Brisco <laughs> set up for me. And that's to subscribe for $12 a year forever. Get a couple hundred articles a year, including weekly charting of the quarterback, stuff like that. I think it's a good deal. I haven't had any complaints from from my subscribers. We're actually we're, we're closing in on some milestone numbers, and I'm pretty excited about that. Yeah, it is a phenomenal value. Thank you very much for that, Seth. Appreciate you coming on, buddy, and it's been great talking to you. We will be back tomorrow to talk to Matt Derrick and get a little bit more going into the game against the Washington football team this coming up on Sunday. Talk to you then.